I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. So last time on the pod, we talked about uh, not storing up treasures in heaven and how the different Jewish worldviews would have heard that and some of the challenges within those different worldviews and how difficult it is to change our hearts to not store up treasures on earth, but to store up treasures in heaven and how we value, we, we work for what we value and how God is calling us to change what we value. And so we're going to keep talking a little bit about that in this episode. If we get to the next section in this episode, fantastic. <laughs> if we don't, that's all good. We got time. But my good friend Van Owens is going to read the, the passage we're talking about again, and then we'll get into some of the other questions we have. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If the eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Good stuff. Thank you, Van. So last time, like I said, we talked about how the different Jewish worldviews would have heard that. Now we're going to talk about some ways what we do with that. And I just want to open with the question, what are, how do we store up treasures on earth? Not how do we as a society, but how do we as individuals store up treasures on earth? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of ways, actually. I mean, I again, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this as treasuring earthly treasures, mm-hmm. and I think rephrasing it that way for me unlocks a whole host of treasures that I store up, and uh, basically anything I put before God. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of the people in Romans 1, and I want to read a scripture from there, Romans 1, 25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. And there are so many created things that mm-hmm. fight for my attention over God, the creator, television, entertainment, news, social media, what I read, getting security from my work my home, my clothing, my possessions, my, 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 my bank account, certain relationships. None of these things are bad in of themselves. Uh, but when I turn my focus to them instead of or over God, when I try to get my main pleasure or security from created things or myself, that's when things go south pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is the 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 when I thought of this, I thought of what I invest the best parts of myself in. 
And that can be that can be my job, that can be my family, that can be any of my any of the things that I've possessed. You know, I started to think of um, when I was a young man, when I became a Christian when I was 19 years old, and this passage was a breeze to me because I had nothing. And I come from pretty humble background. So I've always, up to that point, I've always, I'd always had nothing. And so saying, don't treasure earthly treasure, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I didn't have any of that. And so it was very easy for me to embrace that. But as I got older and I started to acquire things, when I uh, found a girlfriend who eventually became my wife, then it was easy for me to treasure her in a way that wasn't right. Of course, and we've talked about even in the Sermon on the Mount, how you should re how your relationship with your wife and how much you should love your wife. But you cannot treasure her above mm. God. Or it it infiltrates that relationship. And I think that there is something addictive in my character to having anything. As soon as I have something, I want more of it. I would say it would be good if I had a better car. But as soon as I have a better car, there's a better car than that. <laughs> there's a better yeah. version of that as same car. As soon as car. you drive it off the lot. Uh, right. As no soon as you drive it off, you're like, oh, look at that one. That one's nice. And so I think that there is a very subtle way that that it happens to me. And it, like you were saying, Matt, a lot of times it's it's things that intrinsically are not bad and in some cases are very good. It's it's good to do well in your career. It's good to do well in your job, but there's a thin line between doing well and then treasuring it. Mm. And then basing uh, and then pouring the best of myself into it so that I look better or feel better or and more comfortable in some way. And it never satisfies you either, right? You'd you never just, get you there. Get insecure, you, you're always chasing. You're always wanting to build a bigger barn. Yeah. Uh, no matter what realm your barn is coming in. Yeah. I, I think this is so challenging because there's no, there's no set answer. Like there's not a, when do you know? Well, you kind of know when you know. Mm -hmm. Like, when are you putting too much of yourself into your work? It's hard. I mean, just to be very upfront, my wife and I made a decision when we got married that she said, I don't really want you to work overtime, even if it's extra money. We can manage mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But now I'm going to grad school because the equation has changed of, uh, of what's going to work for our family long term. And... um. And I don't think grad school's wrong. My company will pay for it, so it's no financial commitment. But but I have to be very careful that I'm not giving the best of myself to this career development yeah. in pursuit of a little bit more financial uh, cushion. Mm -hmm. And which financial cushion is good? It's if anybody lives paycheck to paycheck or is in horrendous debt. It's it's incredibly stressful, and that's not. That's a hard thing. So it's, I find it very difficult to balance all of those things out mm -hmm. and to, to sort of get where I should be while also 
uh, understanding that I need to engage some of this, that I can't just like that the position I'm in right now at my job is not financially viable long term. It's not where I want to be long term. Hmm. So how do I manage all of that? Yeah. Um, so I'm the I'm the youngest in this group. Um, and there's I'm kind of coming on the cusp of a lot of these the tension that you guys are talking about. I mean, it's been in the past few years that I went from making negative money to making money, <laughs> um, which is a pretty big jump. Um, <laughs> and we just got a house, um, my wife and I. So that's a another significant thing. Um, and I I will say I think that treasuring treasures inter or way of tra- uh, translating this it like gets at a lot of the heart of. You know, Jesus says, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. But the store up, I think there's a lot of, it's important to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not a Greek scholar, so I won't comment on that. But I will say that Jesus has a, a whole parable about a man who's storing up treasure. Right. <laughs> so there's <laughs> a lot of support for that, uh, yeah. that being part of what's in this. And um, and so, in you know, when I'm thinking about this question myself, I'm really thinking about material possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am in this stage right now where I feel like there's two sides of me. There's one side of me that really just wants to chase like the American dream, mm-hmm. right? And just get all the status symbols of what it means to be successful. Mm. Um, for me, you know, the house was a big thing there. Um, where it's like very tempting to wed, you know, that with I've made it. Um, and then I just moved to a place where it's really easy to have two cars. I'm really trying to fight hard against that one (laughs) and learn how to be a one car family. Um, at least for now and just see, but, um, yeah, but getting the extra car, getting, you know, all of the there are some things we are improvements we might make to the house because it makes sense. There's other ones that feel like they're just cosmetic. Um, so it's like there's all these things and everything I can justify on some level. Um, but when I think about the equation for my family, the the way principal way that I can store up treasures on earth is like when I look at what is my standard of living, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I can make however much money if I'm giving away X number of dollars or X percent of that money, I'm, I could say, okay, I'm not storing up treasures. But if my standard of living is really significant, um, and that's where we have interpretation, um, that would be like one of the, the ways I'd be storing up treasures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I'm wrestling with right, actively right now, right? Because I'm making decisions – I have made decisions and I am making decisions at the moment to decide what will my standard of living be? How much flex will there be in my schedule and my budget to allow for generosity? Um, and I think that's, that's a, that's a key thing that I'm, I'm wrestling with on this particular issue. That's really good to bring up a lot. We will talk about generosity in a little bit. We are getting there. So Can, can I bring something else up though? Uh, I know I'm going on a tangent again, but that's just what I do. Uh, <laughs> Jim's nodding his head. In agreement. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
the the scripture I referenced a, a little ago on, in Romans one, uh, it says they exchanged the truth about uh, God for a lie. There's a writer Richard C. H. Lenski uh, who ninety years ago Lutheran um, translated had his own translation and commentary on on the Gospels and in this section he he talks about that aspect that th- there's a lie happening here and, and in chapter six. The beginning part of it is how we would deceive others about how righteous we are. Look at all, ooh, all the good stuff that I do. And then, but here it starts to shift to self-deception, mm-hmm. that the, the stuff that we would do to deceive ourselves. And I think that is something that is happening in here, uh, our propensity for self-deception. And that and Jesus, Jesus is warning us not to treasure uh, earthly treasures, uh, which are a lie. They're not real treasure. Uh, and I think it gets a little bit at the classic short-term versus long-term. There's so much in here. It, it reminds me of that experiment where you give kids uh, the marsh. was it the marshmallow one where you mm. give them, here's a marshmallow, don't eat it. And I'll be back in X number of minutes and I'll give you 10 marshmallows. And you, you, you know, the kid, a lot of them just eat the marshmallow right in front of them. They can't wait. I don't know when they're coming back. Who knows? Which is really the best case scenario for the parents to not have their kids eat 10 marshmallows. <laughs> right. They don't mention but, that in the experiment. No, they don't. No, but it, it begs the question, uh, I think for us, how do we visualize what is essentially unseen, but better by far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And uh, I hope you weren't listening to the pod to have all the tension resolved because we can't resolve all the tension we are all living in the tension. Right, exactly. And, and I'm sure at some level you are. And I think one of the things I want to just bring up before we move on to the next question is it's okay to live in tension on this. We don't have to have all the answers right now. There's a there's an idea in Christianity, specifically in the United States, that we have to have a concrete answer to everything. Mm-hmm. And our faith tradition really doesn't come from concrete answers. It comes from wrestling with questions. Mm. And so I I want, if you're listening to this and going, gee, I really look like I'm storing up a lot of treasure on earth. Well, that's a thing to wrestle with and, and getting community into to think about. Um, the next thing I, I want to ask on this topic, and we might finish this question, we'll see, <laughs> uh, is... Just, just to reiterate, how much time do we spend maintaining our stuff, the things we own? We all have insurance. Mm-hmm. We all have. Uh, we all spend. We're all homeowners here, so we all spend some degree of time maintaining our property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I own a rental property, so I have to spend some amount of time, maintain and effort maintaining that. It, it's a thing we all have to do, and how much of our time do we spend in maintaining that? And how is Jesus inviting us to look differently at that here? Well, I, I, I think what you shared, Tim, is, um, is really helpful for me on this because um, you started by saying, hey, I'm young, I'm just, I'm just on the cusp mm-hmm. of starting to wrestle with these things. And I think that the key is that you have to continue to wrestle with these things mm. that and what you were saying as well jim is that you know this is a, this is a wrestling match that is continuing 
and that it it's it's really it's not going to stop. And when it stops, that's when you start to get in trouble. Mm. When you start when someone says, um, Van, are you greedy? And I instantly say no. That's a little problematic <laughs> because that means I've stopped wrestling somehow or I'm just plain flat out lying. But usually it just means I've stopped wrestling somehow. The The proper answer for that to me is to take a step back and say, well, let me think about it for a second. How am I doing in that wrestling match? How much time am I spending? Mm. How much money am I spending on things that I can't, quote unquote, take with me? Mm-hmm. And uh, how much how much am I giving to others? How much am I using my money to uh, to prolong my soul or to prolong somebody else's soul? And, uh, you know, because you can get caught, you can get trapped. As soon as you stop thinking about it, you can start investing too much time, too much money, too much of yourself Hmm. into things that ultimately won't matter. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, The the thing I was thinking about, yeah, I was just cleaning my house actually not too long ago, the power washer. And mm-hmm. how did moss grow on this? This is ridiculous. Why am I spraying this off and a bunch of other gross stuff and and then spraying off some of the paint? Ah, crud. Now I'm going to have to go back and <laughs> get that. And anyway, uh, the thing, the first thing I thought of, though, with these examples that Jesus gives is uh, just he, how much he paints a picture of how temporary all the mm-hmm. treasures we could want here are. I, I think we all live in New England here. So I think all of us can relate to our cars rusting mm-hmm. because of all the salt that's on the road and how annoying that is. And then like, you know, I, I came from the West Coast where they, they didn't salt where I was living. And I came out here and I own a car and I'm like, what? Why'd that fall off the bottom? That's not supposed to happen. And I look under there. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is disgusting. And then I'm like wanting to, you know, go to the car wash every time there's a storm now and, and, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's going to rust still. And, uh, uh, the other thing I thought it was, uh, so my mom retired and she, uh, downsized lives in a, um, a, she bought a, a, a condo in, in Portland, Oregon. And she, uh, uh, so like about a year after she moved in there, this is the one that I didn't, I didn't relate to until she told me this story. She found moths and when you, by the time she found it, it was like too late. They'd already destroyed a ton of stuff. It was really, really discouraging. And then after that, she went crazy trying to get rid of the moths, which was hard because she's in this, you know, who knows where they came in. Like they could have come from outside or another tenant below her. And then they went up a, a ventilation shaft. Who knows? She was like trying to find them. She paid to like, uh, you know, bomb everything. And she in the building and, you know, not bomb. I shouldn't say that. Fumigate or whatever, you know, uh, the right term is there. And uh, even after doing all of that, uh, I think they came back one more time and it was like, how the heck did they get in there? And then uh, I think they're gone now, finally. But uh, she lives with the constant like, are they going to come back? Uh, mm. You know, I had to replace all this stuff that I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to have to replace. And I think that's uh, <laughs> just uh, the, the contrast, though, between that kind of earthly treasure and what we have. Peter describes this heavenly treasure as 
an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This this inheritance is kept for us in heaven. That's the most secure treasure we could ever have. Mm. And yeah, there's... um. So the, the question that you asked, Jim, I think was how much time and effort do we spend maintaining our stuff? That's where we're yeah. at. All right. Um, I'm just going back to that on my brain and I guess keeping my part short. I've been thinking a lot about simplicity. That's not a dig at you, Matt. Um, <laughs> it's okay if it was. No. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to say it was. No, yeah, yeah, it was unintentional. I was turning to, was, was turning to right. Jim because we were both laughing. It feels right. Like, dig away. Oh, yeah. Dig away. Dig away. Um, that was a good one. <laughs> but the moment you get four of us, it. that's a real doozy. Um, yeah, but I've been thinking about simplicity for this reason, like the idea that everything I own has some cost of my energy. Um, and so when I downsize you know, my material possessions, I free myself up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this, uh, you know, there's a scripture in, for Timothy six, um, that says those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction mm. for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with, with many griefs. And I, I just, I, I see the, like the, the weight of the love of money with that. And, mm. um, that it's, it's dragging, it's dragging us down. Um, and I, a lot of that is just like these, the more we have, the more we're desiring, the more it's, it's exerting, you know, this pull on our, our mind and our hearts. Um, but it doesn't align with like reality because, and this is you know, like, we're going to die <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's all going to go away. Right. Like we can't, we Right before that, um, it says we've, in First Timothy six. It said, "For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it." Right, and so that's where Matt, you were talking about the fact that we're self-deceived when mm-hmm. we fall into this because we think we can hold on to these things, um, and we convince ourselves we can hold on to these things. We spend a lot of energy doing that, but the only thing we can hold on to is like our godliness, like our mm-hmm. walk with God. Um, so. That's what came to mind for me on that. Uh, Tim, I really appreciate what you said there um, and that the idea that we can't hold on to it and everything has a cost to it, like everything we own, everything we buy. And I think that's one of the things I want to just mention in passing as we close this part of the pod. Um, Everything we own, all our modern conveniences that we like, it all comes at a cost and it all comes at a cost that we don't necessarily see. In our abundance, and we all own homes and live in New England, and even the simple, the those of us that live the simplest still have abundance, and we're lying to ourselves if we don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. And our abundance does come at a cost. It, it comes at a cost to our sanity, but it also sometimes comes at a, at a, at a real cost to people. And, and as we're wrestling with how we view this, I don't want us to lose sight of the of the cost of our abundance, of the, you know, if we're, whether it's the materials that in our cell phone that somebody has to go into a mine that's not even remotely safe, in a country that has no regulations to to just get the stuff to get this thing we throw away every two years. Hmm. I mean, we don't think about that because it's in it 
we're so far away removed from it, but somebody's legitimately risking their lives for our cell phone that we are almost forced into having. And so I want us to, and I want you to wrestle with that. I, again, I don't have an answer for that. Do you not have a cell phone? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we should wrestle with the question. Um, and so I really appreciate what you said about that and about how our cost is. And I will throw one counterpoint to that is I grew up as a grandchild of somebody who was a farmer in the depression. Hmm. The idea of throwing something away to them was unconscionable mm -hmm. because my grandpa might have needed it at some point and it wasn't a guarantee that I could just buy it. Mm. Now, we can deceive ourselves into thinking today that, oh, well, I might need this someday. And for most of us, it would be, no, you don't actually have the skills to make that into something useful. So it's better to give it away. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a good idea in that, that like this, even though it, I might be done with it, it still has value in somewhere and it's still useful and it's not just disposable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's all things that I'm going to let you guys wrestle with. We, ha we tackled some really good stuff in how we uh, store up treasures on earth, the amount of time that we spend, the amount of um, mental energy we spend and we didn't come up with a great answer, and I think that's good because now you get to go and wrestle with how do you do this? How do you engage with the things on earth that you that you have and how you view them and how you spent how much time you spend maintaining them? I think you have a lot of great things to wrestle with. And then next pod, we're actually going to start talking about the eye being the lamp of the body which is a passage that it took me a long time to ever really understand. And I still don't think I really understand it. <laughs> but it took me a long time to start understanding it. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you all soon.